Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Speaking of Bill Belichick, a milestone Sunday for him. And did you hear... The super secret news coming out of New England on Sunday. Huh. I suppose Belichick gets to keep his job for another week or maybe another season or maybe more than that. I'll dish coming up about 30 minutes from now. We'll dive into Patriots bills. And then right back at the top of next hour, we'll get to Dolphins and Eagles from Sunday Night Football. If you missed it, our goal on these shows. And so far, we've done it. Some weeks more smoothly and easily than others. But with six teams on by, I think it's a half dozen teams on by. There were 10 games uh, during the afternoon windows on Sunday. And then, of course, the Sunday night game. Got another one tonight to wrap up week seven. Whoa. Uh, As well as a game seven in Major League Baseball between the Astros and the visiting Rangers. And then Phillies can also punch their ticket to the World Series. So we could be down to two. I don't. You know what? I should have looked at this. I can look even while we're talking. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what day the World Series would start. Let's see. Looking, looking, looking. Go. Go website. Go. It's not really going for me. Um, so, yeah. I don't exactly know. It w- Friday. Friday. That's weird. <laughs> what an odd night to start the World Series. Okay. So, Friday it is, regardless of who... It is we could end up with Phillies and Astros again, or we could. I don't know how I feel about that. Same two teams in the World Series in back-to-back years. Uh, Remember how going, oh gosh, going back, say, eight years ago? Was it eight? Probably not eight. Uh, Five, six, seven years ago when we had the four consecutive NBA matchups, NBA Finals matchups between the Cavaliers and the Warriors. And even that, people really started to to get fatigue on those two teams. Now, they got their fair and square, and certainly the Phillies have got some unfinished business. The Astros, not so much. I think people would be, once again, rooting for the Phillies against the Astros. Just that uh, the Phillies are also an acquired taste because they're bold and they're in your face. Um, but also, they're a great story. 
And uh, to think about how much work has gone into getting back to this point, potentially. I know they're not in yet. The Diamondbacks still have a say. But it is kind of interesting to think about. I haven't decided how I feel yet. I've thought about it a little. I haven't quite come to a conclusion how I feel about having the same two teams in the World Series again, if that's how it plays out. Would love to see the Rangers there. Not for the first, It would be the first time since 2011, so not since then have they been in the World Series. But that is yet to be determined. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning. If you're already awake on your Monday, oy. Uh, we're keeping you company the next couple hours. Would you like to vote for Monday MVP or weigh in on this edition of the show Wednesday? Uh, by, by the time the dust settles and we're kind of looking ahead to the following week, I feel like that's when we really, truly catch up after a football weekend. So it's a couple of days where we're processing uh, these games and what we saw, but it always is a lot of fun to to see how the dust settles and kind of yeah, just sift through the rubble, if you will, <laughs> to see what we can pull out or what we can salvage. And as much as the Browns are dealing with a ton of injuries and the defense did not shut down the Colts the way that you might expect, now this game was in Indianapolis against Gardner Minshew, not the rookie, Anthony Richardson, remember, he's out for the season having shoulder surgery. But the Browns have got their own quarterback with a shoulder injury to deal with. Already lost Nick Chubb, right? So they, they've they got their own injuries to critical positions. But I like how gritty they are. I like how gutsy they are. And I do think that's good for a handful of wins. I'm not sure they can win any other way. I know the defense can play a lot better. It's been one of the best in the NFL. So we'll give them a kind of a blip, a pass, if you will. This wasn't their finest performance outside of Miles Garrett. If it's against another team, not the Colts, a better team, not the Colts, well, maybe all those yards given up come back to bite them. But for the Browns, win ugly is going to have to be their standard, at least at this point. But this was a highly entertaining game. You could call it ugly if you want. But it featured 77 points. So again, back to the defense is not performing the way that they should. 77 points in this game between the Browns and the Colts. Eight lead changes. So that's why it was so highly entertaining. And it was a high-scoring affair even with one of the starting quarterbacks knocked out before the first half was done. Play clock at three. Deshaun waiting, waiting. They get it off at zero. Watson to throw. Steps up. Now circles back to the left. Flushed out to the left. Deshaun takes, turns, throws downfield. Intercepted again. This time he's picked off by Kenny Moore at the Browns. 44, and Deshaun is down. Watson took a huge hit at the end of that play as he was rolling left, looking down the field for David Bell. An ill-advised throw got shoved down, and he hit his head on the turf at Lucas Oil Stadium. And I would imagine the doctor's going to be out to check for a possible concussion for Deshaun Watson. A disastrous start in his return to action, one for five. In fact, he has more completions right now to the Colts, two of them, than he has to the Browns, just one. And he is down, and it does not look good. So you get the full story there on Browns Radio. And he did go into the medical tent. The reports on 
the broadcast were that he was cleared from concussion protocol. Thankfully, did not have a concussion, but he did not come back into the game after what was a brutal start. It was just a medical decision uh, with the staff and everyone that's, that's, you know, part of making a decision. And um, they felt like the decision was best to, you know, let P.J. go in and, and finish the game, to, uh, make sure the team, you know, it benefits the team. I wanted to protect our franchise quarterback. That was my decision, um, and that's what it was. So Kevin Stavansky really shuts down questions. He says this was medical. Deshaun Watson says the same thing. He didn't want to be out there and not play to full capacity, but he did get cleared to start the game. Uh, So I'm not sure what they were looking at in practice. This decision didn't happen until, I think he was a full participant on Friday maybe. We didn't hear about it until much closer to game time, but he did not last through even the first half. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Meanwhile, Gardner Minshew was feeling himself. He had a pair of rushing touchdowns in the first half, and yet it's a mixed bag with Gardner, right? I mean, he is one of those fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants quarterbacks. He can look like a world beater, but he can also look like a rookie. He's not, just spoiler alert. And so, yeah, he also faced a ton of pressure from Miles Garrett. He gets sacked and then also has a turnover that's recovered in the end zone by Tony Fields for a touchdown, right? So that's a a dubious moment there for Gardner Minshew, not hanging on to the ball. And Miles Garrett had no equal in this game. So that was a real challenge for the Colts, their offensive line. Uh, Gardner can move around, but not enough to escape from Miles Garrett. He was a monster. He was definitely in beast mode. And yes, that is a compliment. So the Browns were up 27-21 at the half, believe it or not. Uh, I mean, this was, yeah, this was the kind of game that you would expect for maybe Chiefs and Chargers, similar to what we saw with Chiefs and Chargers. Uh, And then we got to see, finally, Jonathan Taylor. Welcome back, JT. Second down and four. Taylor stays in the game as the back left. Of Minshew goes out of the gun, ball in the left hash. Shotgun snap. They give it to Taylor, right side, angling into the end zone. Touchdown! I-N-D-Y! For the first time in 2023, it's Jonathan Taylor finding the end zone. It's now 30-27 to after the touchdown by the Colts. I can't be the only one on the planet who actually counted the number of snaps that were just for Jonathan Taylor on that drive, can I? I can't be the only one, right? This was the Jonathan Taylor drive. It was as though they were trying to see what he could do. Let him go, take the I don't know, t- take the training wheels off after his injury and just say, "Go. Let's see what you can do." 7 straight snaps that went to Jonathan Taylor, either with the run or with a pass. And he ultimately finishes with the 5-yard touchdown run. So, yeah, 18 carries for 75 yards. Not great numbers, but I think they finally removed whatever limitations they had for him. Late third quarter there with Matt Taylor on Colts Radio. And, yeah, this was such a fun finish, but it was wild. If you took a break, you went to the bathroom. Oh, wait, you walked your dog. Uh Uh-oh, you had to rewind and go back and see all of the twists and turns. So Indy is fighting back in that. I think it was mid-fourth quarter or so after getting the Jonathan Taylor touchdown. uh, Then they get this one huge play that I wondered, oh my goodness, would that be a signature for the Colts this season? Inchu out of the gun. Taylor's is back to the right side. Second down and long. This time the ball's on the near hash. 
Two receivers left and right. Minshew looking over the defense. Four on the play clock. Takes a snap. RPO. Fires it upfield. Caught over the middle. Michael Pittman Jr. There he goes. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. Slips out of a tackle. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown. Michael Pittman Jr. Takes it 75 yards to the house. Touchdown for the Colts. 37-33. Once again, Matt Taylor on Colts Radio. So a 75-yard pass. I think I heard on the broadcast this was the longest reception of his career. So longest play of his NFL career. And yeah, like I said, Gardner Minshew was the best of times and it was the worst of times. 38-33 at this point and the Colts fans... I mean, they were loud. I wasn't sure they would have much to cheer for after everything that's happened so far this season, even going back to last year. Heck, the revolving door of quarterbacks in Indianapolis, and yet they were fired up. They were excited with about five and a half minutes to go. So then Cleveland has its last chance, not quite inside the two-minute warning, but with two and a half minutes left, the Colts piece together. A real solid drive. Again, it was not pretty. It wasn't aesthetically pleasing, but it was 12 plays. It was 80 yards, and it had everything. So three big chunk plays. Again, I'm, I'm the only one who writes these things down, probably. Three other than the guys who are charting the actual drives. Uh, three big chunk plays, which included the 30-yarder to Elijah Moore. So that was a big one. Uh, fired up the Browns' sidelines. Then there is a sack with a fumble that's recovered by Indianapolis. Ooh, this is a big point. A lot of Colts fans found me on Twitter to complain about this, but there's a flag. And there was, I think it was illegal touching, um, and the whole discussion about whether or not it was an uncatchable ball. So it was Daryl Baker, who's downfield and gets tangled up with a receiver, and the ball sails over his receiver's head and out of the back of the end zone. It it wasn't catchable. It was too high. So you hear Gene Steratore weigh in, but the uncatchable wasn't considered. It would so t- typically not a penalty if the ball is uncatchable. But Baker ends up with back to back defensive penalties. One of them was pass interference. One of them was illegal touching. And so that extends the Browns' drive. Now you know me. I am steadfast in this point. No game ever comes down to the flags that are thrown, ever. That's Somebody actually found me on Twitter and says, uh, the officiating this year is deciding more games than the players. That's ludicrous. I understand you don't like every flag. I don't either. But there's 60 full minutes of football. A lot of times in these games, there are going to be 150 snaps. So many opportunities. Just for sake of argument, Gardner Minshew in this game had four touchdowns total and four turnovers. You mean to tell me the flags at the end were more important than his four turnovers and the points off turnovers? You mean to tell me the flags that were thrown were more important than Miles Garrett and what he did? No. Heck no. The players decide the games, not the officials. And you just have to ride it out with the flags that you don't like. And there were a couple there with the Colts. On this last pursuit by the Browns that they didn't love. But how about if you don't want to lose the game, then stop the run? Well, here we go. Hudson and Harris Browns from the one. This is the game. Out of the eye. They need the touchdown. Hunt and Harris. Walker 
gives to Kareem Hunt. Pushing, pushing, touchdown! Kareem Hunt got it across the goal line! Kareem Hunt, are the cardiac kids back? Kareem Hunt getting it over the goal line. The huge touchdown on fourth down. You knew you could run it at that point. It didn't matter. That was the last play. A team that fights. Uh, we knew that this was going to be a game. It could come down to the wire, and, and it did. And, uh, I mean, a ton of big plays individually. Obviously, Dustin coming through was unbelievable in that game. I think a long of 58 miles. You know, wreaked havoc on defense and then blocked the field goal on offense, uh, or excuse me, on special teams, which we turned into three points, which was a six-point swing uh, in, a, in a small in a game that that's tight to make plays like that was unbelievable. Kevin Stefanski and the Browns with another win. They survived the Colts in Indy. Eight lead changes in this game, and they moved to four and two. So I'm telling you, the AFC North is even better than expected. And yeah, Dustin Hopkins, their kicker, has a 58-yarder in the fourth quarter, has two 54-yard field goals earlier in the game, and then also a 44-yarder. So he was fantastic. And as for the Colts, as for Gardner Minshew, I mean, yeah, they were in it until the very end, but they lose the turnover battle. He has four touchdowns, but he also has four giveaways. There's a lot of good to work off of, too. You know, that was a really good defense we played, you know, one of the best. Um, So I think that should give us a lot of confidence there. Um, That understanding that we have everything we need and – Everything that we're messing up right now is in our control. Um, So I think, you know, we just go back, learn from it, and uh, continue to get better. 149 snaps in this game. So don't tell me it came down to the final, or the the two, the final two flags that were thrown on that last drive. Now, you give up 39 points. As a Colts team, you give up 39 points. There are plenty of opportunities to come up with a defensive stop, so you're not in a position where you can complain about two flags thrown at the end. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, Miles Garrett, he was a monster, and some of you have already written in that he should be the Monday MVP. I would absolutely vote for him. He has two sacks, two other quarterback hits, and then a blocked field goal. What'd I say? Monster. If you're me, it's, it, you know another another day at the office that was that was my friday special teams (laughs) i like it (laughs) and what about the defense because deshaun watson is gone early in this game and it's pj walker again we got enough motivation to win it and uh you know we know he's supporting us whether he's on the field or off the field and no it's it's a shame that he couldn't be out there doing his thing and no he's he's dealing and battling with you know his own injury but you no, know, we're gonna we're gonna keep on uh, you know, playing as hard as we can, you know, and supporting them however we can. So in the AFC North, the Browns four and two, a half game back or a win behind the Ravens at five and two, and the Steelers. I feel like they grew up a little bit. Kenny Pickett, the offense, grew up a little bit on Sunday, and it was good to hear from Mike Tomlin again. It had been far too long coming off their bye. Uh, so we'll talk Steelers straight ahead as we look at the AFC North Bengals on their bye this week. And then Bill's Patriots. I suppose Bill Belichick can stay for another week. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on Twitter, A-Law Radio. Take our poll Monday MVP. Of course, we'll calculate your write-ins as well, whether it's Twitter or Facebook. Glad to have you with us. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning on CBS Sports day Radio. Five. Oh, yeah. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. it under center again. Toss. Warren finds a crack inside the five. Touchdown. 13 yards out. Blocked by Sam Olu. And Warren scores his first rushing touchdown of the season. And let me tell you something. Danny Moore just kicked the living daylights out of whoever was lined up over him. Knocked him out of the way. Isaac Samalo coming on. Mason Cole, what a great job by that offensive line. Coming out, rolling people out of there. You needed it. You got to have it. James Daniels getting on the backside backer. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Did someone say rushing touchdowns? The Steelers definitely are trying to reestablish that run game. But you recall before the bye, one of the major question marks about Pittsburgh is where's the run game and why hasn't it been productive this year? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Over the history of the NFL, Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the league at securing wins after a bye week. So we hadn't heard from the Steelers. We heard a whole lot of nothing, actually. Uh, but the Steelers looked good and looked fresh. And I, and I thought this was a victory over the Rams where they grew up in the fourth quarter. We saw Kenny Pickett and the offense rediscover an identity and grow up a little bit, mature a little bit there in the fourth quarter, which could be to their good. And maybe this is the springboard the Steelers needed uh, to, to fast-forward that offense to where – It needs to be to keep up in the AFC North, but also to live up to some of the expectations after the way they finished last season and how they played in the preseason. I know they're games that don't count. This is why I tell you, if you succeed in the preseason, well, then you're doomed in the regular season. (laughs) Maybe not that drastic. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS sports radio, Uh, Matthew Stafford. I'm really enjoying watching that Rams offense. I know the Steelers' defense is is pretty darn good. Uh, But to watch Stafford spread the ball around to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, my gosh, he's worth the price of admission, that rookie. And then Tutu Atwell, who actually ends up hauling in a 31-yard touchdown uh, in the first half. So in the first half alone, the Steelers' defense had given up over 150 passing yards. And there was a lot happening there, a lot up and down the field. 
But the very first snap of the second half for the Rams, Stafford takes the ball and promptly throws an interception to TJ Watt. How about that? (laughs) A 24-yard return, instant red zone, and Kenny Pickett is able to capitalize with a touchdown of his own. So you can see the theme here. The TJ Warren rushing touchdown. Earlier, the Kenny Pickett rushing touchdown. This is what they want to do. This is how they want to be able to establish the ball control. So then LA is able to settle in. And speaking of run game, it was really important. They do not have Kyron Williams. He's been put on the IR. So that was a late decision this weekend. Instead, they welcome back Daryl Henderson, right? And Royce Freeman. Uh, Those are the guys who will be trying to keep up with the run game. But they... They actually get over a, a hundred yards rushing. And so the Steelers, they they go back and forth here. And it's again, I think it was really important for the Steelers to get into this position where they are facing a stiff test late in a game to see what they can do with the ball in their hands. So after the Rams regain the lead in I think it was early in the fourth quarter. Um, that's when I saw the Steelers kind of step up and find that extra gear. And I like it. I like the fact that with a young quarterback, they face these tests. And so back-to-back scoring drive, uh, scoring drives in the fourth quarter for the Steelers. And by the way, the, the Rams, Rams media fit to be tied over their kicking situation. So you could potentially expect a change there because they've had too many missed field goals, too many missed kicks. So could be something different on the horizon there for Sean Payton's club. But regardless of that, Pittsburgh takes over in the fourth quarter with these back-to-back drives. The defense is able to do its job, so they kind of sandwich these touchdown drives around a Rams three and out. And you heard the Jalen Warren score there with the, let's see, with Bill Hillgrove and company on Steelers radio. And like I said, I, I believe that this was an opportunity for the Steelers to grow up, for Kenny Pickett to take another step forward. And yeah, their next possession goes 80 yards over five minutes. It's steady. And once again, it features the ground game. The Steelers in a tie game. Line up with everything in tight. Pickett communicating the play. The lone setback is Najee Harris. Pickett steps in, hands it off. Najee into the end zone. Pittsburgh Steelers go ahead touchdown. The iron horse Najee <laughs> goes into the end zone. Angry man running all day, showing that strength, that power. And when you had to do it, who do you give it to? You give it to Najee Harrison. Does a great job of plunging over the left side. His first rushing touchdown of the year. The Steelers have three rushing touchdowns on the year, all in this game. Now, see, that's big. That is huge because the colder the weather gets, you know it in the AFC North, the Steelers have to be able to run the ball. They've got to be able to move it and keep defenses honest. And so not only do they go from down seven to up by a touchdown, they're running the ball. They put together back-to-back touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. But here's one other thing that I think is really important. And again, I'm speaking to the maturity and... The Steelers offense growing up with Kenny Pickett. They've got the lead 24-17, but that's only midway through the fourth quarter. There's a lot of time left for a Super Bowl winning QB in Matthew Stafford, a guy who can chuck and duck and will throw the ball around. But again, the defense slams the door on the Rams in the fourth quarter and the final five and a half minutes. Kenny Pickett and the Steelers offense 
keep it away from the Rams. They do not give the ball back in the final five and a half minutes. A real big moment there at George Pickens, 31-yard catch. But for them to be able to keep it away from Stafford, and Stafford had to stand on the sidelines and watch the final five and a half minutes, that's a big deal. And that's on the offense, as much as it's on the defense. So you're using your offense to play defense. He didn't urinate down his leg, man. It's a great (laughs) place to begin. No, but remember, before the bye, a lot of people questioning what's going on. The Steelers' offense is supposed to be taking a big step forward in Kenny Pickett's second year, and yet they hadn't. But this, to me, is a statement win in the statement fourth quarter. He works at it. He's got talent. Um, And he's getting more familiar with his responsibilities. And so I think it's just a natural um, process in terms of growth. Playing the, the type of football we want to play, you know, that's what we've been working towards. And um, I think the run game balanced the pass game really well. It was, it was kind of, you know, everything that we've been working towards, you started to see it in that fourth quarter there. It was good to, good to see. George Pickens, uh, his top target there, well over 100 yards. But did you see how well it worked to have Deontay Johnson back on the field too? Uh, they were able to have the threat of two receivers, which meant that it was impossible, right, for the Rams to be able to double them both or only lock down one. And Kenny Pickett had said all of last week that having DJ back on the field is going to be a big deal, and it certainly did pay off. Five catches for him on six targets. Um, And just some of it is more a feel, but this type of a win can give you confidence moving forward. You saw it happen. You walked it out. You dominated the fourth quarter. Well, that gives you confidence that you can do it in other tight games, and potentially that means tight games inside your own AFC North division. As for Sean McVay for Matthew Stafford, they got a lot of offense. They really can light it up in bunches, but still not able to put it all together. We didn't help ourselves. There was a lot of plays that we could have been able to make, um, some decisions. There's always things. Anytime that we don't get it done, it's a collective effort um, as a team. But there was a lot of things that we didn't do uh, to be able to finish this game. Frustrating blues, um, disappointing. Um, just didn't do enough in the second half to, to get it done. Obviously, um, you know, left some plays out there that wish we had back. Um, but, uh, you know, good football team we just played. Um, we're in the game the whole game. You know, felt like we had control of it for a, a decent amount of it, just didn't uh, didn't finish it. You know, one thing that stands out to me about this Rams team is there's just not a huge margin for error. They can't afford Stafford to have an interception on the first snap of the second half. They certainly can't afford for the opponent to, to get into the instant red zone. Um, so the defense played... A big role, but I like what I saw from the offense because we know that the Steelers' defense is mature. We know what they can do. They're bold. They're brash. They're they're TJ Watt-led. They're in your face. But the offense needs to grow up, and we saw that. And now the Steelers are 4-2, and and the AFC North is scintillating. Ravens 5-2. Steelers and Browns 4-2. Bengals off this weekend, but nobody is below 500. How about that? We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. (laughs) That's not going to win you many games. All right, speaking of division clashes or divisions that are tough from top to bottom, I mean, you might look at the AFC East and think, ah, Patriots, ugly redheaded stepchild. I have no idea why I say that. Redheads are, they're fine. They're they're great. (laughs) But the Patriots were looking for win number two, and they were going to have to go through the Bills to get it. Bills... At Gillette Stadium, Bill Belichick seeking win number 300. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, what is your choice for Monday MVP? 
What did you learn about your team? Or how did the NFL change your mind on Sunday? Because it's constantly... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did changing mine you are listening to the after hours podcast up three nothing with the ball to split the hash marks andrews will snap it to Jones under center. Elliott, the single back, two tight ends right. Bourne motions right to left. Mack with a give. Elliott runs up the middle. Hit in the back. Yeah. And he corkscrews his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Three receivers to the right. Allen in the shotgun, Cook to his left. Play clock down to five. Here's the snap. Looking to his left, has Cook out of the backfield and reaches for the pylon. It's a touchdown. The Cook has found the kitchen. And the recipe on that touchdown, spicy. Hits, misses, and messes. Time to talk football after hours with Amy Lawrence. This was a different Patriots team on Sunday. You could see it. You could see the way they started. I wasn't sure they were going to be able to maintain it or hold off the Bills all the way through. But there was some real fire and some determination and Contrary to the way the Patriots have started a lot of games this season, they actually did have an offense that was locked in, a defense that was working hard right out of the locker room at Gillette Stadium where they've heard the boos all too often this season. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio on both the Patriots and Bills Radio Network. Yeah, Josh Allen throws another early interception. Meanwhile, Mac Jones is efficient and he's in command. And Ezekiel Elliott gets into the end zone for a touchdown that gives the Pats a 10-0 lead in the first half. Uh, But (laughs) I don't know if you saw the Tyler Bass field goal attempt right before half. The wind grabs it and whipped it to the right. It was so drastic. It's like something that we saw. Remember, was it last year or two years ago? It was two years ago, right? The Patriots and Bills played in Western New York, and the wind was so bad. Uh, a lot of the games on the East Coast this weekend, including the one in Baltimore, they were talking about 
uh, gusts, wind gusts of up to 40 miles per hour. It was extremely windy. And so, yeah, the wind was definitely toying with Tyler Bass and his cake right before half. Just grabbed it and shanked it. It looked like a shank to the right. But you, you knew that the Bills were at some point going to rediscover their true identity. I mean, it's got to be frustrating for Bills Mafia that they can be so inconsistent and they can start games so slowly. Remember last week they were scoreless through three quarters? Even when you do that against bad teams, you may even be able to have a charge like the Bills did. But eventually it's going to come back to bite you in the rear end. And for the Bills now... I'm sure it's frustrating. They've not managed to play very many games that are a full 60 minutes. I say take that Dolphins game out of it. That Dolphins victory was huge, but not against New England, a team that only had one win all year. So you hear the James Cook touchdown. That caps an 81-yard possession. So that felt more like Buffalo. Early in the fourth quarter, though, there's a drop. This is the inconsistency. Dawson Knox, he can't hang on to a catch on fourth and two. And it once again, it's like one step forward, two steps back for the Buffalo Bills. So they go 13 plays and come up with nothing. As in nothing on the road, 13 plays wasted because they produce zero points. New England, though, is able to play that same ball control game. And their next possession is a huge one, right? Because they're trying to beat back this Bills challenge. The Patriots second and goal to go. Douglas in the lineup. Motions left. Bourne has to get set in short motion from the left. Jones readjusts Douglas. Stephen gives way to Elliott. Mack throws it left. Yeah. Caught by Bourne. And two walks in. Tiptoe into the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak on Patriots Radio. So, yeah, Kendrick Bourne hauls in a four-yard touchdown catch. But then he has a fumble late in the fourth quarter. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> so even as I'm talking about the Bills being inconsistent, certainly the Patriots have had their fair share of those moments. And because it's a short field, Buffalo is able to take advantage. And Josh Allen, he, we know that he can bull rush people. Third and goal from the half yard line. I formation, Allen under center. Takes the snap and he is in. No signal yet, but he's clearly over the goal line. And there's the signal. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen powers in from six inches out. And for the first time in this game, the Bills have the lead. 15 straight points for Buffalo. You hear the call there with Chris Brown on Bills Radio. 15 straight fourth quarter points for Buffalo. So it went from being frustrated Bills Mafia to... You've got to be kidding me, Patriots fans. Here we go again. Pats are on the cusp of letting yet another one slip away. One in which they played well in stretches, but are they not going to be able to close it out against a division opponent? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So they are down three with two minutes to go. And it's like Ramondre Stevenson overload. (laughs) It was definitely his drive. He hauls in a 34-yard catch. The Patriots, they keep moving it steadily. Three first downs on this drive. Were there some of you out there who were afraid to look? Were you covering your eyes with your hand, but peeking through a crack in your fingers? (laughs) 
I don't think Bill Belichick was, but gosh, there had to be some of you who are waiting for the other shoe to drop with the Patriots in these late seconds. Kinsicki into the huddle. Douglas departs for New England. Mike Wolves aligned to the right inside of Devontae Parker. And meanwhile, Henry, Bourne, and Stevenson flex left before Jones summons Stevenson to the quarterback's right hip. A second and goal to go from the left hash one. Andrews over the football to snap it back. Jones has it. Looks to his right. Throws it to the right. Got it. Touchdown. He's got it. Patriots. There he is. Mike Kosicki off the side of a milk carton. Catching the game winner. I got in the huddle and I was like, Mac, it's National Tight Ends. They throw me the ball. And he was like, all right, cool. So, um, no, that actually didn't happen. But I do appreciate him throwing me the ball. So Gusecki catches the game winner for the Patriots. Mark Andrews has two touchdowns for the Ravens. Who else do we see have big games on National Tight Ends Day? Uh, Of course, Travis Kelsey with a dozen catches and nearly 200 yards. Darren Waller, it was his first touchdown with the Giants, right? Darren Waller has a touchdown. Gosh, ended a really long drought for the New York offense. We'll get to that uh, coming up next hour. But yeah, the, the tight ends, they get to show off on what is National Tight Ends Day. When is it National Radio Host Day? National Sports Radio Host Day. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't need one. Uh, the two-minute drill executed executed to near perfection for the Patriots. And Bill Belichick ends up with his 300th career win. He didn't really want to talk about it, but he was really proud of his team. Good win for us today. You know, a good team victory. Uh, you know, had a lot of contributions from um, all three units, offense, defense, special teams. There's... You know, a lot of good football. Obviously, you know, Buffalo's a very good team, quality team, very explosive. So, um, you know, came down to the last handful of plays. And, um, you know, fortunately this week we were able to make them. So, uh, good, you know, good day today. Um, still got a lot of work to do, things we can do better, but it's good to have those results. I have a lot of confidence in myself, and I'm not going to sit up here and say it every time, but I do believe in myself, and I do that through work and, and all that stuff. And you know, that's why football is the greatest team sport. It's it's the quarterback. You know, they go. You go as your quarterback goes. If you guys haven't seen Mac Jones celebrate after he throws the game-winning touchdown pass, please do yourself a favor and go look it up. He does this crazy dance. I mean, it's like the weight of the world got lifted off his shoulders. And I know it's just one game and it's just one day. But I feel the same way about him that I was feeling about Zach Wilson. People are piling on Mac Jones. And for good reason, right? There are only 32 starting, theoretically, 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And Mac Jones, that Patriots offense has been rough. And he bears a lot of responsibility. He does. Because he's the QB. And as he says... A lot of the responsibility falls on his shoulder. He's being accountable. He's being accountable. But at the same time, what's around him? I mean, that's got to be part of it too. The rest of the offense. Now that falls on Bill Belichick because he's the one who's building the roster. But I suppose Belichick can keep his job for another week, right? No. That's just wrong. Wait, before we hear, uh, hear from Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, did you see the report from Ian Rappaport that Belichick quietly and secretly signed a multi-year lucrative contract extension in the offseason? So all of that chatter about how Bob Kraft is about to part ways with Belichick. Now, could he afford to buy Belichick out of his contract? Sure. But... I don't know why you would pay the guy in the offseason if you were all of a sudden doubting his abilities to win. 
Doesn't sound like Belichick is going anywhere. And congratulations to Coach on his 300th career win. As for the Bills, they've lost two of three, and there's a lot of soul-searching going to happen in Western New York. It's not enough. Uh, we didn't do enough. Um, you know, we didn't put them in position enough. I didn't put the defense in position enough. And um, and then just overall didn't, didn't play complimentary football. Um, you know, when you look in the first half, two short fields, it led to 10 points, first play on offense, interception, punt return, and good field position, I think, it led to 10 points. Well, I wish I knew the exact answer because we'd, we'd have it fixed by now. So um, I'm going to watch this film and, and find a way to to get there, whatever it is. Um, you know, our season's not over. It's a long season. I know it feels pretty bleak right now, but, um, you know, we're, we're going to figure it out. How about that? We heard the same thing from... Joe Burrow before the Bengals buy. I know it feels pretty bleak right now, but we're going to figure it out. Nine penalty flags for the Bills. They are incurring a ton of penalties. Two turnovers. They fall to four and three. Meanwhile, Patriots get their second win, and it's got to feel good. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 